This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, roasted in the gold country of California. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. All right, this is our start. <laughs> really? That's yeah, our start? we're starting crazy different ways this way. All right, this, this is, is Kenj. And this is Fletcher. This is episode 109. It's called... Beloved mess. Beloved mess. We'll get into what that means. But Kendra, are you ready for this? Yeah, I don't know. Fletch, it's you. It's always going to be something <laughs> with me. So here we go. You know what this is, don't you? Oh, no, I don't. Yeah. It sounds really like 80s, 70s, cheesy. I don't really know what it is, but this episode's coming out on the 4th of July. So, it you know, is cheesy. This is God bless the USA. And as our listeners are gathering around with their families, we thought it'd be fun to have some Fourth of July music on. I could do a whole medley if you'd like. No, thank you. You don't. You don't want a whole medley? Um, no. <laughs> All right. So enough of the medley of Fourth uh, of July music. I think that's fun. We'll just have it on in the background. We'll just okay. have America the Beautiful playing. Happy Fourth right. of July! Happy Fourth of July! Independence Day to our listeners. Mm-hmm. You have the freedom to homeschool. How is that for homeschool uh, freedom statement? We do. Oh gosh, we could go so many directions with this politically right now. There's, there's kind of, there's a mess. There's yeah. a mess our country has created. So a I know some states, mess. <laughs> a beloved mess. Aha! <laughs> there are some states that are struggling with some legislation that's going to affect homeschoolers. Right here in California, July first, the mandatory vaccination law um, is going to drive a lot of people home. Yeah, yeah, bring their kids out of public schools for that reason. No exemptions anymore. Yeah, yeah, interesting, huh? So, so if you've got the freedom, be thankful for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was saying. Um, we are celebrating with uh, good old American hot dogs, Fourth of July fireworks, mm-hmm. uh, corn on the cob, watermelon, yep, everything yep. that says. Ooh. And I didn't tell you this, but guess what I got for dessert? No idea. San Francisco original. Oh, it's 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 it. If people don't know what it's it's are, they really need to dig into those. I know. So look this up online. It's it. It's it. It's it's. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> but they are. They That's are literally what it means. Uh, it's it. It's an oatmeal, oatmeal cookie, cookie with. With ice cream in between, and then it's completely dipped in that hard shell chocolate. And they, right. it's been around for a long time, since like the 30s or something. Yeah, and, and my favorite thing is when you drive up Highway 101 from the South Bay, which would be like San Jose, California, up to San Francisco, California, on the peninsula, you used to pass the It's It factory. No, you still do. It's still there. Well, I don't know if they actually make them there, though. Well, I'm I know. But the sign is the there. Sign and is every time there. I pass it, I'm like, oh, let's go yeah. there. So, well, that's a great 4th of July. Hey, we weren't with you last week. Kendra was on a vacation down in San Diego, and I was home with a bunch of kids, including Mighty Joe and two dogs. You know, and I say that at the end just to say that that's a little busier than normal. Yeah. Uh, So we we thank you for giving us a week off, but we're here with a great show uh, today. We're talking with Kim Crandall, um, who just wrote a new book called A Beloved Mess. Yeah. 
Is that right? A beloved mess? Beloved yeah. mess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's an A there or not. No, there isn't. But the, this, the uh, subtitle to this is God's Perfect Love for Your Imperfect Life. And, so we're, uh, yeah, so we're yeah. going to get her in the studio and talk about what that means and why homeschoolers need to, to listen to this one. Um, and uh, so we're excited. Yeah. Anything going on that we need to be aware of? I do not think so, but I know that people are starting to plan for their homeschool year starting in a, in a couple of months. If you're on the, in, obviously, if you're here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, but yeah, I think that's on a lot of people's minds. So I don't know. Maybe we need to broach that topic in the next couple of weeks. Well, huh? we'll see. We have some fun ones coming up. We have shows booked out through the end of fall right now. So mm. we have a lot coming up that you're going to love. But why don't we get into this interview uh, really quickly? All right, I know I talk about them every week. Caroline's Coffee at carolinescoffee.com. They are our coffee sponsor. They supply coffee to us, and you are a listener. We need you to go over to Caroline's Coffee and just use our code, which is H-I-R-L. It's HURL for you, and you'll get 10% off any order, coffee, tea, or anything out of the carolinescoffee.com store. Well, this week I'm drinking, are you ready for it? Yes. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. Maui Grown Coffee. Okay. I'm not going to describe it because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's Maui coffee. And right. it just, when I drink it, I think of Maui. Okay. When I think of Maui, I think of that West Coast where the coffee is growing high up in the elevation. It doesn't matter what it tastes like. It's Maui. <laughs> I mean, it could taste like... Swamp water, but it could, it's from Maui. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you this. It doesn't taste like that cheap Seattle swill that a lot of people line up in stores to buy. For this $5. Is, yeah, yeah. Really good coffee. Trace Fike uh, and Holly Fike over at... Caroline's Coffee. We're so thankful that they support this show, and uh, we would love for you to go support them. Remember, that's the cheap and easy way to support a podcast. You get coffee or whatever you want, and you're supporting us. So head on over there and do that right now. All right, homeschooling and real life listeners, we have a treat for you today. We are sitting in our studio. And I don't know if our listeners know this, but we do most of our interviews by Skype, and we have Kim Crandall online with us, and we are going to talk to her today. Welcome, Kim, to Homeschooling in Real Life again. Hey, guys. It's good to be here. A couple things about Kim Crandall. It's a double M, Kim. That's awesome. That makes her slightly unique. And I mentioned (laughs) the Skype thing just so that I could tell. I'm interviewing her with like a... There's some sort of a hat on? Is it a... I think it's a bull. It's a bull head? (laughs) Yes. It's a bull. Yeah. So these, as in cow, <laughs> yeah, these these homeschooling and real life interviews are awesome on Saturday mornings. So, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for being with us. We are um, we're bringing you back. I said again because uh, Kim, you were on episode number thirty four, which was uh, was it titled Christ in the Chaos? It was, it yeah. was, and it was about your your first book. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but quickly after that aired, that thing soared to become one of our. It was our number one for a long time. And I, I just want to let you know, you lost the throne to oh, Josh Duggar. I'm sorry. But once we said, what well, did Josh Duggar forget? Suddenly everybody wanted to know <laughs> what he forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> he should have listened to Christ in the Chaos because you know what he forgot? He forgot the gospel. So uh, yeah. that was those, those episodes kind of go hand in hand. So, so we're glad <laughs> to have you back. Well, this is going to go back up to the top, though. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, Kim, I know what you've been up to since our last interview, but our listeners don't. And I know um, people still 
email us about that episode and ask about you. Um, so can you give us a little update? What's going on in your life? Oh, boy. Well, um, besides the fact that it's summer and I have four kids home and it's just absolute craziness right now, um, I think I've just been concentrating on getting the book out, getting Beloved Mess out, um, concentrating on just really seeing, like looking at what what does God really want me to be doing with my family and and how my vocation as a mother, um, how that plays out, um, with being an author and a speaker and doing all the, the other things that I'm doing. So, um, I, I've pulled back on a few things. Um, I did get a new website up and running and I have been blogging more than I had been before, um, just for myself and, um, and yeah, just, just plugging away, painting my bathroom, and um, <laughs> not not a whole lot has changed. <laughs> That's why this is homeschooling in real life because we can talk about painting our bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we and before we were doing this interview, uh, Kendra was painting a family room, and I yeah. was gutting a garage with uh, two little boys, one of whom uh, we all know is just slightly brain injured. And that adds an element to every chore we do in this house. Real life people, that's what this is. Um, So she mentioned her book there. Yeah, exactly. So Beloved Mess, God's Perfect Love for Your Imperfect Life. And I, I told you right before we began this interview that I was reading the back and something stood out to me. And that was this idea that we all try to make it look like we have everything together. I think a lot of us fall into that trap. So I I say all of us, probably there are people who don't care, (laughs) but I think a lot of (laughs) Christian women in particular um, feel this real pressure to, um, to look like the family's happy. The marriage is godly. The, you know, the parenting is, is biblical, all of those things. And, and so let's talk about that trap and what that looks like. Yeah, I, I I think that um, a lot of that comes from our misunderstanding of who we are um, and what our identity is. I, I think it's a we tend to look at the Bible and we see this set of rules laid out for us. You must do this. You must do that. And and we do our best to follow the law because we think that, you know, that's pleasing to God and it looks good to others. Um, forgetting that we're loved just as we are. Um, one of my favorite sayings is from Brennan Manning. He's, he was known to say over and over, um, we're loved just as we are, not as we should be because nobody's as they should be. And I think there's this sense that nobody wants anyone else to see who they really are because there's this insecurity of, am I good enough? Um, and it's, you know, that, that, flows over into our relationship with God as well. And that's where in the book I, I talk about the uh, the whole idea of having an imposter, how we've created an imposter for ourselves. Um, because each one of us does it. We, we all put on some kind of mask, some kind of outward appearance to to make others think that we really have it together or even to prove to ourselves that we're not as bad as we think we are. Mm. Um, when, you know, in actuality, we were much worse than we actually think we are. But the good news is that we're loved 
way more than than we can possibly imagine. You know, I want to jump in, and we didn't put this on the script of questions, Ken, so I'm going to jump in. Go for it. Um, you talked a little bit about identity there, and I see almost a trilemma when we talk about identity, because you said we don't want people to know us as we really are, um, mm-hmm. and that's who we think we are, okay? And then there's, as Christians, who we really are, which is our identities totally wrapped up in Christ. But then there's the who we really are, which a lot of times can be an ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can really be yeah. crappy people in the world. And I, there's like a trilemma. There's those three identities. And um, I, I think where you're going with this is be secure in who you are. You know, you're a believer. And, um, you know, don't be afraid of who you are. <laughs> who you think you are, uh, and let's work on who we actually are, which could be real jerks sometimes, you know, in the yeah, world. And exactly. that's that sanctification process. Uh, but it starts with just going, hey, I trust that I'm a child of God. You know, when, I, when I'm talking with you right now and, and spending time with you, you know, Kim, I'm Fletch, I'm a child of God. I mean, I should know that in my core, that God loves me and I'm secure in that. Um, but if I'm being a jerk, that's where you and I can say, hey, you know, you're being a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. I always love to say, you know, just just be yourself unless you're a jerk. Then, yeah. <laughs> then change. Yeah. And I love Brendan Manning. Um, yeah. I, and I didn't fall in love with him because of the ragamuffin, which a lot of people did. Uh, I fell in love with him because of a book called The Lion and the Lamb. And it's uh, that relentless tenderness of Jesus. Tenderness. Yeah. yeah. That's my favorite book of his, actually. Oh, that's great. Um, oh, that's my favorite book of his, so. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of Brennan Manning reading leading up to the writing of this book. And it was actually Abba's Child that um, really made me want to write this. Um, you know, he talks over and over again about the belovedness of God. And, and he talks he talks about um, the imposter in there in a little different way than I do. Um, but I, I wanted to flesh that out. And really, because I needed it for myself and, you know, that's kind of everything I write and speak and do. It's kind of, I need it for myself and you guys get to listen. (laughs) Uh, Because we all need to hear the same message of the gospel every day. Fletch is over there smiling at me because, you know, it's been a really hard month in my life and I've sat here being a mess for a long time. And as you guys were talking about this, I kept thinking, you know, um, even though my words have been rebellious toward God and my heart's been really stinky rebellious toward God and I've been angry with him and I feel like he's slighted me all, all underpinning with that is knowing, Hey, you know what? You're such a stinky jerk of a mess, but God is really loving you, Kendra. And that's not going away. And I think if if nothing else, when we're struggling with our faith, when we're struggling with our um, choices, when we're struggling with uh, homeschooling, you know, or parenting or marriages or jobs or any of that kind of stuff to understand that he really does love me and um, that I can't deny that. Uh, and so, you yeah. Know. And isn't that such freedom? Um, we just have this freedom knowing, okay. I've, I've really messed it up or I'm really struggling. It just, it gives us the freedom to struggle. It does. It gives us the freedom to not be afraid of God in our pain and in our hurt. Um, because we're not doing, we're not suffering well, 
you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, who, who suffers well, you know what I mean? That's, that's, it's suffering. And, and so it really does give us a freedom to just know that, that we're still held tight, no matter how hard we try to push away, he's not going to let go. And it's not up to us to hold on to him. He's holding on to us. Yes. And on the other end of that, whatever the circumstance is, even if it's my own sin that's causing um, the division between God and me, it it's bridged by Jesus in spite of me. Exactly. Like I'm over here throwing my little tantrum and Jesus is, you know, God seeing Jesus. <laughs> so that there is beautiful right. hope yep. in that for me right now in the midst of it, knowing that I'm going, I'm going to come through on the other side of this and God is still going to have held on to me by my ankles, <laughs> you know, as I'm trying to jump over that cliff. Exactly. All right. Well, I hate exactly. to intervene on a, a wonderful girl conversation here there for a second, but um, <laughs> we're going to need to take a quick break uh, in this interview, and we'll be right back. Hey, as we're taking a break here on this interview, we want to remind you that we do not do this alone. We are part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and that's a network of homeschool podcasters kind of all over the spectrum, talking about money, talking about uh, how to homeschool better. Uh, and the one we want to spotlight today is the Homeschool High School Podcast. This is with Vicki Tillman and Sabrina Justison. And you know what I love about how they describe themselves, Kenj? I know. They are the talkie to of the six sisters <laughs> over at sevensistershomeschool.com. You know, it's called sevensistershomeschool.com. It's run by six women, and they want you to be the seventh sister to join them on that website. But these guys talk about tips to build your confidence in educating your adolescents, ways to create a powerful transcript for your teen, and then just steps to guide your teen into life and college prep. Uh, it's a great homeschool podcast uh, for those that have high school students. And Kenj knows those are tricky years. Those are, but you can gain some confidence and some real hands-on information from the Homeschool High School podcast with Vicki and Sabrina. Head on over and tell them Fletch and Kendra sent you. All right, and we're back, and uh, we are super excited to have uh, Kim Crandall here with us. We're talking about uh, her new book, uh, Beloved Mess, and we have just been talking a little bit about tantrums and when we throw a tantrum with God. Now, uh, I want to say just something quickly before we get back into the book, and that's we don't do this well in the church. We don't do this well as, you know, this is a homeschooling podcast, but I'll broaden this net out and say the Christian church right now does not allow space for people to question um, and that's people coming in sometimes, you know, uh, from whatever background, you know, they're just coming into the church trying to figure things out. And, and we just like things to be neat and clean and tidy. I think as Christians, we were talking to someone last night about this and we like to check off boxes, but when, when one of our own decides to question or kind of turn back to God and say, what are you doing as a church? We don't allow that to happen very well because we don't think that should be a part of sanctification. You should only be moving up. You should only be moving forward and deeper and more faithful. Right, Kench? Absolutely. And I think we tend, of course, because we're judgmental jerks, <laughs> we tend to look at people who are struggling or questioning or frustrated or angry um, as lesser spiritually. Well, they're not as spiritually mature. And I don't know that that's necessarily the truth. What do you think, Kim? Well, um, I actually wrote a chapter called Doubt is Not a Dirty Word, um, because I think many times 
we're made to feel like if we doubt or if we're a mess and we don't have it all together, that somehow contagious. And there's not, like Fletch was saying, there's not a lot of room for doubt in the church. And and doubt is actually a big part of our faith. Um, I have this quote by Justin Holcomb. He's actually quoting someone else, but I'll include, you know, he adds a little in there. He says, we should be unafraid to doubt. There is no believing without some doubting. And believing is all the more robust for having experienced its doubts. Khalil Gibran put it beautifully. Doubt is a pain too lonely to know that faith is his twin brother. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I like it a lot. If, if doubts are not the opposite of faith, we can be a bit more open and honest about them with ourselves, others, and God. I think people hear you, they hear you doubt and they freak out and run. They, and, and you know, it's like immediately you're, you just get bombarded with scripture of why you shouldn't doubt that and why you shouldn't. And, and most of us already know, and we're already beating ourselves up over it. Um, and, and, you know, we're just hit with the law of you've got to believe you've got to, and, instead of being embraced in our struggle and it's a very lonely struggle, doubt is a very lonely thing. Um, um, and instead of applying the gospel to that, to say, yes, you doubt, you know, but God's right there holding on to you and proving every day, whether you see it or not, that he is your savior. It's not based on your emotions or what you're thinking right now. It's based on the truth of what um, Christ has done for you. Hey, by the way, that is uh, Homeschooling in Real Life's very own Justin Holcomb. Oh, that's right. They, he was a guest on here as well. So yeah. that was oh, a, was he? Another okay. great quote, but man, uh, that whole idea. I, I, as an elder in a, a church here in town, um, we talk a lot about giving space for people to figure mm-hmm. it out. And even people that should have it figured out or who traditionally evangelicals will say, you should have this all sewn up. You know, you should be yeah. teaching others. Like, no, I'm really fighting because I think as we grow in our faith, things that we weren't ready for that we didn't have to deal with maybe in the past, um, suddenly you have to deal with and go, well, I've never had to deal with the death of a child. I've never had yeah. to deal with uh, a, a, a son or a daughter who has chosen a homosexual lifestyle. These are things I haven't had to deal with yet. And now that I'm having to deal with them, my my faith is just stretched. So I can't. That's the chapter I'm going to start with. Is that okay? Can I just jump to that chapter? Yeah, it's um, because I I I really you know all of this is written from my own life, and I really I do struggle with that, and I'm not afraid to admit it anymore. But before, I really thought that um, there was something wrong with me Mm. because nobody talks about doubt unless it's in a you know caged in a way of, okay, well, you doubt, but here's what you got to do to not be a doubter. And um, yeah, yeah, sometimes we just have to wait it out. That idea of prescription, you know, like throwing verses at each other, throwing the law at each other, you know, Mm -hmm. what's the, what's the proper response when we're, when we're stuck? I mean, do we get to just be stuck there? Is it okay to just be like, well, I'm a beloved mess, deal with it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of, why I wrote this book, because I started thinking about, okay, there's a lot of books right now that are, are just telling people it's okay to be messy. Just embrace it, you know, be a hot mess and, 
and just really embrace that about yourself and because that's life and it's okay to be imperfect. And as long as you're trying, uh, God's happy with you. And, you know, there's something fundamentally wrong with that statement because we know deep down inside, I mean, the law is written on our heart. God has said, be perfect as I am perfect. You know, they, you, we, we've got that part. And we, so we know that um, to tell someone that it's okay to not be perfect, we buck up against that. Like it might give us freedom in the moment, but, um, but it doesn't last because we just turn right back around and start in on our self, self-salvation projects of wanting to do right. And we say, but what about my kids? And what about this? And what about that? And so, you know, you have that side and then you have the other side where you've got books that are just telling you they're just how to books. They're, they're, um, you know, Christian self-help and they're just telling you all the ways that you can be a better mom or dad or, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you fast from social media, then you'll be closer to God. And, and so I wanted to write something that said, why is it okay to be not perfect? Why is it okay to be a mess? And it's okay because, Christ, we have Christ who is our righteousness, who has come and lived perfectly on our behalf so that we no longer have to. And what that does to us to live in that, um, in the light of that love for us, that causes us to want to go and move forward. It frees us to move forward and not be paralyzed with the fear um, of not doing it right. It causes us to go and imperfectly serve imperfect people. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's not just, it's not just a book about just accepting your messiness. It's, it's about why, why we are a mess in the first place, because we can't live up to God's standards, not one of us. Um, and how we're able to move forward from there because of Christ's righteousness. That's now ours. Yeah, a couple things on that. I I know we're going to have listeners that hear that and they go, man, we've heard that before from Fletch and Kendra. And those are words of life. That's words of life. You're you're Mm -hmm. just giving someone life. But they're going to go back, a lot of our listeners, to a rigid environment in a church that Mm -hmm. doesn't preach the gospel into their lives, like I think daily, or like you know daily. Kim, I need to be woken up every morning and reminded of that. I need someone to tell oh, me yeah. tell me again tomorrow. I need Kendra to say, "Hey, you're not living in the gospel, pal. You're still you went back to rules and religion again, and you're trying to work this out yourself." Um, so I just want to just encourage our listeners that if you're hearing this and it's it's beating you know the drum in your heart that that you agree with this, you need to surround yourself with people that also will encourage you that way. And sometimes that might mean a a church change. You know, we talked to a listener this week that she's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this religion anymore. It's too much. And I'd say, you know, in fact, it's probably law, but just rigidity. Cause I don't think these churches are saying do this and you'll be saved. I mean, I don't think they're true legalists. I think they're just saying you're saved. Now do a bunch of this stuff to stay saved. You know? Yeah. It's all Jesus. And I mean, it's, it, there's a, there's a fear that if you just tell people that they're loved and that, um, you just, you know, that you share the gospel with them and then don't tell them what to do. There's a fear that they're just going to go off and go hog wild. Sure. But you know, if you find a good church that's preaching both the law and the gospel, you know, when, when you come in and you say, 
this is God's law. This is what the Bible calls you to do. This is, you know, these are the rules. This is how it's laid out. This gives you a better life. But you're going to screw it all up. And here's Jesus. Um, Mm. That's what we need to be hearing constantly. It's not that we throw out the law and and that there is no sense of... um, of a guideline for us, it's that we realize that we cannot reach that standard that God has set out for us. And there's a reason he did that purposefully so that we would fall on our knees and beg for Jesus and beg for a savior. And that's why, that's why he sent him. If we could do it, then we wouldn't need him. I mean, if, if, if we could, you know, fulfill the law, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. Yeah. And a lot in the church today is what, what's happening is that the, People may not think that they're preaching the law, but what they're doing is they're, they're pulling the standard down to make it more attainable. And that's not helpful to anybody because it, it pulls them away from Christ. What we want to do is drive people to Christ, and we need to surround ourselves with friends and pastors and churchgoers who will do that for us. And if you can't do that, like if you're in a place right now, that you know and you, you're going to go and you're going to hear the law at your homeschool group or at your church that you're in and you're maybe in a transition, take that law and look at it and let that just run to Christ with it. Just, you know, you, you hear a 10-step sermon on how to be a better parent and just look at it, say, I'm failing at all of these. I need Jesus. And a good way to get through some of the transition time or some of the struggles that people may be having. And that is the best suggestion I've heard in a long time, Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to do though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very hard. All right. So before we wrap up this interview, Kim, uh, we are, you know, we're, we're a homeschool audience. Uh, we have a lot of homeschool families that listen. Uh, and I'm proud to say we both have homeschool moms and dads listening now. And they love to chime in, but they're in the middle of their summer between school years. And let's just pretend they have nothing on their reading stand right now. Yeah. Uh, this is your pitch. Why should a hurler uh, go to Amazon and grab this book right now and start reading it this week? Um, this book, my hopes is that this book will give you freedom and rest. And who needs freedom and rest more than homeschool parents? It's a. It's only 160 pages, short chapters, easy to read when you're sitting by the pool, um, when you're you know at the beach. Hopefully, that you can you can just sit down and kind of breeze through it. And what it will leave you with is a better understanding of God's love for you, and it will leave you with freedom um, to live in a sense of just knowing that you're loved, knowing what God's done for you and a better understanding of grace. And I guess that's it. Thanks, Kim. Uh, Again, we are so, so glad you joined us. Um, These are just words of life and freedom. And I think no matter where we are on the journey, we just all desperately need that hope, that freedom, that grace, and we just need Jesus. Yeah. So if our listeners want to find you, Kim, where can they find you online? I'm at Twitter at Kim Crandall with Kim with two M's and Facebook, Kim Crandall, 
Instagram, Kim Crandall. It's pretty easy. And I'm also at kimcrandall.com. And no chance that they're going to get a cow hat picture on any of those because that really is what they need. We need more of that. You know, we need I, more cow hats. We might. <laughs> <laughs> there may be a cow hat selfie. <laughs> well, hey, Kim, thanks for being with us. And uh, we look forward to having you back on Homeschooling in Real Life. All right. Thanks, guys. What a beautiful mouse this is. All right, hurlers, we're going to wrap up the show right now, and I want to tell you how much I love talking to Kim Crandall. I'm not joking. She had a cow hat on when yeah. I had her on the screen. <laughs> so we're Skyping her in, and I'm, only I can see her, and she can see me, and Kendra's on the other side of the studio. Uh, so I would just, it's funny when you're talking to someone with a big cow hat on. It's like one of those big wraparound cow hats too. Yeah. Well, you can see it on Instagram because she posted a selfie oh, yeah, on, uh, at, at Kim Crandall's Instagram and tagged us in it. So that's super fun. Yeah. <laughs> we, we think you should follow her on both Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as becoming a, uh, a reader of her new book. Yeah. Uh, what a great, I mean, you could hear just during our interview, um, it's all gospel. Mm. It's all live in freedom. And you know what? Homeschooling families, you need more of this, not less of this. Mm -hmm. So not only are you hearing it from us on a weekly basis, you're hearing it from her. Now, if you'd like to win a copy of her book, we're going to make this super simple for you. We're going to create a Facebook post and we're going to say, tell us why this needs to be on your summer reading list. And that could be something super intimate. You could say, you know what? I'm a beloved mess and I need a dose of the gospel. You can say, Hey, I want to read this, but I'm going to hand it to my homeschooling for whatever your reason is Mm -hmm. for wanting to read this book. You write down your reason in a Facebook response. uh, And again, it's facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. Kendra, you'll create a Facebook post for this, right? I will do that. It'll be stuck at the top. We'll make it a little sticky post so you can find it right away. We're going to end this contest on July 15th. So if you are listening to this episode before July 15th, 2016, jump in there, enter, enter to win your own copy yeah. and we'll send you one. We'll Tell have two us winners. Why you want it. Yeah. And then we'll, how are we going to pick them? Why don't we have, why don't we have one of the kids pick it? We'll, we'll get this homeschooling in real we'll life pull again. pull it right out of a big 4th of July hat. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> so go do that. And then you can follow us on facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. You can tweet to us at homeschool IRL. Um, you can follow each of us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at the Mango Times. I'm at Kendra E. Fletcher. And uh, we would love to engage with you. I get a lot of, of our uh, male listeners and female listeners that will follow me on, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. It's been fun to engage with some of you and really love the conversations that yeah. some of our regular listeners have thrown for us and some music suggestions, some uh, website suggestions. It's been great, and we really enjoy our audience. So go ahead and engage with us there. Of course, one of the other things you can do is, um, as you're putting together your homeschool budget for next year, you can consider sponsoring homeschooling in real life by going over to patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL, and you can sponsor us there monthly. We would love that. You know, we just survive on our own budget, and when we can find advertisers or listeners that sponsor us, that allows us to do cool things like on-the-site interviews, and we can go uh, away and talk to people. We, there's just a lot more we can do if we have some sponsorship. We also get to hear from you and hear what you think. So our Patreon sponsors, they have a, kind of a back door into our studio, and they can talk to us a little bit more one-on-one. Yeah. So if you would like to become a sponsor of ours, we'd love to have you over there. Patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL. 
Thanks for listening to Homeschooling in Real Life. We are excited to bring you another episode next week, so we'll see you then. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com. Thank you.